we are a proud member of the 143 Podcast Network. The Cheers to Comics Podcast is proudly affiliated with NSCLiveTV.com. That's No Signal Comics. NSCLiveTV.com. Find the Cheers to Comics Podcast on channel 34 of NSCLiveTV.com. No Signal Comics. The best in auction action. Slurds. Welcome back to the Church to Comics podcast. I am your host, Brian Wade, and this is episode 233. This week, it is a creator corner, or this episode, I should say. Uh, yeah, 233, I cornered, I cornered Shane Morrison. Uh, you will soon recognize Shane Morrison. Shane Morrison has a Kickstarter coming out for his Ungodly Champion book, which I learned spins off from his original work, and he's creating this in entirely awesome universe and uh yeah the dude's just a fun guy to talk to he's got some cool ideas uh his uh kickstarter is currently ongoing but it has fully funded so let's get those stretch goals going there uh but yeah man the 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 man is shane morrison so uh without further ado i bring to you shane morrison All right, Shane Morrison, how are you, man? I'm doing pretty good. The my Kickstarter for Ungodly Champion funded last night, so in the first week. I've seen that. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's that, that that's way cool. I uh, I know I was for whatever reason it took me way too long to get on it, but I I think I caught on sometime yesterday afternoon, and I got a message from uh, Kevin over at Inked Marketing and said, "Hey, man, it, it's funded." I was like, "Oh yeah, he's gonna be in a good mood." So. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm definitely in a good mood. I, I even was able to announce my first stretch goal this morning, so hopefully everyone right. is excited about that. Nice, man. Well, before we get too far into uh, Ungodly Champion and your Kickstarter, you know, you're you're an indie creator, so I got to make sure the listeners, you know, they they know your credentials, they know why you're doing this and all of that good stuff. So we got to kind of backtrack just a little bit, and I got to know, you know, uh, at what point were you into comics? I mean, was this something you've always been in as a kid, or were you kind of a late bloomer, or what's your story with that? When I was a kid, I was into them, but unfortunately, I kind of I grew up poor, so (laughs) reading them was like a rare occurrence. So. Yeah, no, I can relate. I can relate for sure. People were blown away when I say, well, I actually didn't start collecting until I was 28, but I've been a huge fan my entire life. So, yeah, no, and it was all because I was broke as shit as a kid, and I didn't have money for comics. Oh, yeah, so, definitely. I think 21, right. 22 was around when I started actually being able to buy them. Yeah, well, it's nice when you know, you, know, you do get that opportunity to <laughs> go... Go go to the store and pick up your shop or your your your, your books, man. It's it, it's nice once that collection gets started, knowing that it's something you've been wanting to get into for some time. Uh, what were some of the first books you picked up? I think it was Spawn, if I'm if I remember correctly. Spawn, nice. Spawn for sure. And uh, I'm trying to think, Wolverine and Hulk, because those are like my three top favorites when it comes to like the gotcha. mainstream guys. Right on. Okay, cool. So, I mean, you, you you were a superhero fan for the most part. Yeah, I usually go That's for, like, the, the more unique ones. For example, like Wolverine and Hulk, because 
Wolverine, even though he technically is a superhero, I always felt like he was, you know, different than all the others because he had all that extra baggage and he didn't necessarily act superhero-like, if that makes any sense. Oh, totally. No, I, 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 I know what you mean 100%, man. Um, so, I mean, were, were there certain writers that jumped out at you that made you, you know, that kind of sparked the, the, the creative bug in yourself? Uh, I mean, I was never really the type that specifically followed writers or artists or anything like that. I was always more focused on the book itself. I know that probably sounds okay. bad, but... No, no, there's nothing wrong with that, man. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, so, uh, at what point did you, do you realize that, you know, this is what I want to do myself? I think it was back in 2016, because, you know, like, I realized, even though I was having fun reading the books and all that, I kind of felt like I started thinking, maybe this is something I can try to do myself, and, because I've always had, like, an overactive imagination, probably since I was a, a kid, and I figured, you know, what better way to actually be able to use that than comic books, and then eventually, I decided I came up with Crimson Gate Comics, which was basically my comic book label. And then I created my okay. first ever comic book, which was Beast King. All right. So, so what was the what was the premise of Beast King then? What was your first comic book about? So, Beast King is basically a story about a guy who, when his mother was pregnant with him, his mother and father were like genetic engineering type scientists, and they had altered his genetic code and everything and added animal DNA to his DNA. So even though he was born looking like a human, it gave him animal-like abilities and the ability to transform into like a, a big, powerful, like humanoid-like beast. Because uh, the, so basically the company the parents worked for was, you know, planning to sell it to the government to kind of weaponize it. But the parents thought they were working towards like the betterment of humanity so humanity could evolve further, if that makes any sense. Okay, gotcha. And when they found that out, they uh, tried to hide all the research and all, and all that from the company, which eventually led to the main guy in charge of the company having the parents assassinated. And so ever since that point, the uncle had to raise the, uh, raise the son. So, and he kind of, since the uncle was like former military, he was able to train him in combat and all this other stuff. So one day he'd be able to get revenge for the murder of his parents. Ah, all right, right on, man. Well, I'd say that's a hell of a, a hell of a first premise for your first book. That's for sure. Yeah, that's I definitely tried I to go over before. the top on my first one. <laughs> Why not? Why not? And it, um, that one so... clearly had some inspiration from Wolverine and the Hulk. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see that for sure. And then uh, you did something else called Crosser's Gate. Crosser's Gate is actually one that I published for a friend. He's actually the illustrator okay. of Beast King as well. All right. And right on. So you, you, you just decided right off the bat you're, you know, you're just going to start a label. You're going to and uh, take off from that. I, I admire the hell out of that because um, I, I know a few people that have uh, gone through with that. Well, let's just put it this way. Tried to go through with that. Big try in there, and it didn't necessarily work out. So I, I, I got to applaud you on making it work out for your, your your first shot, man. That's that's pretty awesome. It's definitely a struggle in the beginning, especially if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean, how could you? I mean, how could you know what you're doing? I mean, you're just starting out on your own. So that's uh, 
that's a that's a bold move, man, and it seems to be paying off for you because now, I mean, you haven't had an unsuccessful Kickstarter campaign. This is your eighth successful Kickstarter campaign now with uh, Ungodly Champion. Ex- uh, yeah, Ungodly Champion number one is my eighth successful one so far, and then once we finish with that, we're getting back on Beast King to get to Beast King number four. Right on. Uh, okay, cool. All right, well, that definitely answers some questions that I had later on. <laughs> but we'll, I'll, I'll circle back to that. I gotta let's let's talk about what the, the the thing that's feeling you right now, man. The the ungodly champion, ungodly champion. I had the opportunity. I always make sure I read the books right before the uh, right before the uh, recording, just so that I have everything fresh in my head. And yeah, I just got done reading it and. Uh, I mean, it, this is cool stuff, man. It, it, it to me, like you, you said it in the, uh, you, you know, the, the pitch. You know, it's like Mortal Kombat with magic, but I also got to say that I kind of get a little bit of a Power Rangers vibe without the team in there. Just the whole, um, you know, the beginning of the book. It's very, you know, at school, and there's a little bit of high school things that you got high school hijinks, I guess, is what you could call it. And I don't know. I just kind of got that that Angel Grove type of vibe before it blasted into what this this book really is. So maybe that's just a, you know, a first issue type of feeling. But I don't know. Just as a reader, that's the that's the vibe I got from it. How would you pitch this book? Uh, basically, the I, I've started recently using the uh, kind of the intro that I use on my Kickstarter, which is a uh, uh, Mortal Kombat mixed with Avatar, Last Airbender, and some Karate Kid added for flavor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know, I, I, I get the Karate Kid for sure, and, you know, I, I don't... I, I... I don't know anything about Avatar The Last Airbender, so I, I, I couldn't tell you for sure, but I know my daughter is a huge fan of this Legend of Korra phenomenon right now, so I have a feeling this could be something for her, too. I mean, just because I, I kind of get that vibe. It feels like it's something that she would be into. Yeah, I, was, I actually had a friend tell me that I should probably be directing like my ads and stuff to the young adult audience, which I think qualifies as my age group since I'm 26. I'm not totally sure. <laughs> Well, I don't know what they consider young adult anymore, but um, no, I could see that for sure. Uh, I, I, I get a young adult vibe out of this. Yeah, and I actually grew up watching Avatar because it came back way back when I was probably early teen or preteen age. So, all right, all right. Well, I, I, even though I'm not familiar with it, I, I still, I still catch those vibes because you know I. I, I walk through the rooms and I see Legend of Korra playing on the TV constantly. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I get that vibe. Uh, all right, so how do you find the creative team for this book? Uh, is, are these the same folks that you worked with on Beast King? or Actually, no, the only person that was the same person from Beast King, which was my editor, Chuck. And I kind of I wanted to have a different team that could kind of how do I put it, give off similar vibes to my Beast King series while also being different because I wanted to, if I ever got to the point where I could consistently release issues, I wanted to be able to, you know, release them back and forth instead of having to wait long periods because of it being the same team. That's very wise. That, right, see, that tells me you're not, I wouldn't believe that you're really a a rookie doing this because that's a huge rookie mistake that so many (laughs) people make. They love their creative team and they've got 20 ideas that they all want to put out at once, but uh, five years later, we've got one issue of each of them. 
you know, let's, let's, let's do something and then move on from there. But I like how you divide it up like that. It's very, very smart. Once again, not a, not a rookie move by any, by any means. Oh yeah. And I was actually weirdly picky on my illustrator for ungodly champion for some reason. Like, like beast King. What was I, the process of, what was the process of finding him? Uh, you know, I just like pay people to draw the character and for some reason, it was taking me a, a while to find one that I thought was just like the right fit. And ironically, okay. the the one that ended up being the right fit, I think this was actually the first ever comic book project you know that's ever been able to be finished that he was working on. Wow! All right, so you took a chance. Yeah, because I had seen his previous stuff, and I was like, this might actually be what I'm looking for because his art style, I think, kind of fits the story well, and even like. Because like his his style kind of looks like a a fun kind of I wouldn't say cartoony but like more but it's exaggerated yeah but like in a good way and, right uh, but at the oh, same yeah, time sure. he's able to change it up once it gets to like those dark moments and he's able to like enhance those pretty well yeah I, I noticed that the, uh, the the tone suits well for whatever's going on I mean it's it. it your illustrator knows what what he's doing for sure, and the the, the character designs are all awesome, uh, very unique. That's for sure. Oh yeah, you definitely uh, wouldn't expect that this was his first ever complete project. Yeah, no, I, I mean this looks like someone that's been doing this for a bit. I dig it, man. Uh, so uh, wh when you're, uh, how does the, the the character design process work with this? With this guy, is this something that I mean? You have all of the notes exactly how you want it to look, or is this something where you just kind of say, I, "I have this idea. Let me see what you do with it." So, like when we came up with Ungodly Champion, I told him, like, so the the main character he's gonna, you know, be a redhead like me, and uh, <laughs> we kind of ended up doing the the blue eyes thing because it matches his powers, like the color of his powers and everything. But I gotcha. I had a friend who kind of drew up a general idea which was actually my beast king illustrator and he kind of drew up an, a general idea of what i wanted for me and so i would show that to the artist and have them draw that specific thing and if it felt right then you know which it finally felt right when i had diego do it and pretty much like what i wanted was the general idea was like to, for him to have like a chest plate type armor and have like gauntlets on but like not be like consumed in armor and i wanted him to have like uh like greaves on for his legs but like his legs not be completely covered in armor and i wanted him to almost in a sense have baggy pants because i wanted it to make sense for him to be able to fight in like the, the type of capacity that he was supposed to be and gotcha. you know like no, the powers sense. i came up with ahead of time so i pretty much told him like i wanted him to have like the plasma energy flowing out of his hands and possibly out of his eyes and then we eventually gotcha. came up with the the finished look for him I dig it, man. I dig it. And there's, I mean, he's not by any means the only uh, visually striking character throughout this. I can't remember the, the name of the older gentleman that introduces them to this crazy-ass world, uh, the guy with the Indiana Jones hat shit. What's oh, you're name? talking about uh, Jim, which is also Tyrannus, the Thunder God? Yes, Tyrannus. Yes, this guy is an interesting-looking character immediately, and he's not even decked out in armor or anything. He's just... Uh, you know that he's up to something, or he's got some motives. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, you could. Uh, I, I, I definitely a Texan. <laughs> I, I I get a Texan vibe out of him. 
at least with that belt buckle. Thought I offended you with the Texan thing for a second. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! We just hung up. <laughs> oh no! It was a. Uh, he's supposed to be like he has an obsession with Western stuff, even though he's been around for oh, hundreds okay. and hundreds of years. And gotcha. He's, All right. He's actually no, see, based on I, my grandpa too. You know, see, I, I would have guessed that he was based on somebody that you know, because he just seems like on the on the nose. You know, you know exactly who this guy guy is. It's a. Uh, I don't know. I, I dig the hell out of this character, even with his uh. His uh, snide smiles. He, I feel like he's quite the badass. Oh yeah, and I'll eventually have like moments where you know he kind of either has to get involved or whatever. But like the way the story works is gods aren't supposed to like totally interfere in human affairs. If that makes any sense. Okay. Yep. Yep. No, that makes sense. And I even I'm gonna right. have it to where like when he does fight and stuff like that, he actually uses revolvers that shoot out plasma energy and stuff like that. <laughs> I love it, man. See, this is this is cool stuff. Like I said, it's unique. You know, I, I get a... I mean, well, so let, let, let's set this up a little bit more. I mean, uh, we I, I could read the Kickstarter here, you know, where it talks about every hundred years and all that good stuff, but I think it's better off the, the, the listeners hear it from your mouth, man. I mean... Uh, what what's the uh, actual premise of what's going on here? What 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 sets this book off? So the whole general story is every 100 years a tournament is held by the gods where they choose their own I guess disciple would be the word or contestant that they basically okay. train to try to win the tournament and it's called the tournament of ether which e- I don't know if you know what ether is supposed to be it's supposed to be like the natural magical energy of the world. Gotcha. Okay. And. So that, like, using that is how they produce their powers. So, for example, he's able to produce plasma energy, and the guy he fights later on in the book is able to produce, like, wind energy. And so, basically, the winner of the tournament becomes the champion of Ether. And once you become the champion of Ether, you basically unlock the physical power of what it would be like being a king, if that makes any sense. Okay. Like, you know, you know how the figurative power of a king is but it would be more of in a physical sense which gotcha previous winners are supposed to have been people like genghis khan alexander the great king arthur hitler you know people that altered oh, wow. history okay. yeah people that altered history and it's like the purpose of that is it's supposed to explain like this is why they were able to do as much as they were able to oh man see that that's that's interesting i like that 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 takes this to a, a whole new level once you 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 bring that aspect in yeah i try to be right, unique man. on my stories well i would hope so because <laughs> you know i the, so many people out there say oh it's all been done before i say bullshit <laughs> you know it hasn't all been done before you know if that's if it's all been done before then we should all just stop yeah like what's the point i mean and you so, can use pre-existing stuff and just you know change it to your own kind of thing which is kind of what i try to do so, uh, I mean, what's the process for coming up with a story like this? Is it something to where you think, okay, I, I'm, I'm, I just watched Mortal Kombat. It's resonating with me, and you know, I'm a big fan of Avatar. Let's, what can I do to do this? Or is this just something to where you have this other idea, uh, and you, you just pull from universes that you kind of love, and you know, sprinkle a little bit of this and a little bit of that in there. I mean, how, how, what what's your process for creating these stories? Honestly, it's a lot of on-the-spot thinking. <laughs> okay. Like, uh, right. Beast King and Ungodly Champion, I just kind of, like, decided I'm going to try to think of a story, and then, you know, I thought of the basically the whole concept in, like, 30 minutes. 
Like, <laughs> I'm not trying to sound full of myself or anything, but no, like no, I said, I, mean, I have shit, overactive that's... imagination. I like that, man. I like that. It's uh, that's a tough that's a tough thing to do because as much as I love this industry and I wish I could create a comic, uh, I mean, I could probably dedicate enough time to sit down and teach myself how to become an artist. But as far as learning how to come up with a, an original idea, that's dude i no. <laughs> maybe that's why i love comics so much is because there's a lot of original stuff that comes out of comic books oh yeah especially and in indie titles totally totally so i'm uh, i don't know i i respect the hell out of the the storytelling art form and anybody that can do it so for you to say you know i came up with this in a few minutes <laughs> that's uh that's quite the gift you have, man. It's not an easy thing to do. So I hope you recognize that. Oh, I appreciate that. And even like when I get hired as a writer, I try to kind of help add ideas that I think could kind of add a flavor of my writing to their idea. To so that way I'm not totally like it doesn't seem like I'm taking over the story, but I'm kind of like kind of helping try to make it more unique. Right on. Good. Good. That's a that's a good practice to have. I'm sure. Uh, all right, so what's the uh, what's the goal with Ungodly Champion? You gave us a big old fat first uh, first issue. Is it like thirty five pages, thirty eight pages, something like that? Thirty two, like thirty five, thirty six, somewhere around there, I think. Yeah, that's a big first issue, and it's clearly <laughs> just setting things up. So, I mean, what's the uh, ultimate goal? How long of a run do you plan on doing with this? Well, that and Beast King are actually both going to be a continuous series, and the the thing with both of them is they are both actually a whole half of a whole story, if that makes sense. All right. Yeah, because they'll eventually, okay. like, meet each other and stuff like Because in issue one, it, like, for people that have read Beast King, there's, like, certain hints about, you know, Beast King being in the same world as Ungodly Champion. Because, ah. for example, when he looks at that vase, one of the, like, first images you see is him kind of facing some beast-like creature, which is actually the main character from Beast King. Okay, see that I had a feeling there was something there that I should know, but I figured it would just come later on in the story. All right, man. Oh yeah, and then see, like, I'm digging the hell out of this. And then like kind of double onto that when they're stand, standing next to the TV and it says something about beast-like creatures fighting each other in Arlington. The the reason it says that is because that's actually the events that happen in issue four of Beast King, which is going to be our next release book on issue four. Nice. I like it, dude. I, I like it a lot. So I like... Yeah, I mean, you just immediately created this universe. Did you know right off the bat that this was going to be... I mean, you, you said that was hinted on in, in Beast King, but did you know when you were writing Beast King that you were going to spawn off another universe? And I mean, because... Uh, I mean, I, that, that, that's, a, that's a tricky situation to do, especially early on. So... I mean, I, uh, I think from the beginning, I kind of knew I wanted to do that because, like, uh, the way, like, the main characters on both are kind of polar opposites personality-wise, kind of like Superman and Batman. Or, like, uh, mm. if you're familiar with Dragon Ball Z, like, Goku and Vegeta. Right. And I kind of wanted to create that kind of dynamic to where it's like, you know, they kind of become, like, in a sense, best friends through, like, fighting and stuff like that and kind of having each other's back and everything and 
Gotcha. Well, I mean, they even reference uh, our main character here as being, oh, you're you just so happen to be one of the nice ones. So if I had to guess, I'd say our uh, our Beast King might be our Vegeta esque type <laughs> of character. Much. Yeah, <laughs> he's right. Kinda... Uh, well, you got me into. Well, I, I want to check out Beast King for sure now, just because of that, because I was always a Vegeta fan. So now I got to know. I got to know what the other end of this universe looks like. So uh, you, you you did a good job of setting me up for sure. Oh yeah, and he and every everyone else. Oh yeah, he's like a kind of like a loner type character. So like he never really had m- like many friends or anything like that, and always kept to himself. So I dig it, man. So how long does it uh does it take to to make an issue like this? I know. I mean, are, are they all thirty five pages, or are you gonna go down to the standard twenty to twenty two after the first issue? So I'm kind of dumb, and I do make every issue thirty two pages at least. Okay. <laughs> and that does make it take longer. And if I run into financial issues, of course, that makes it take even longer because I had like probably a year of bad luck financially. And for Ungodly Champion, it took a lot longer than planned to get it finished, and which caused Beast King to get, you know, behind. So it's it's gotcha. been a year and a half since the last Beast King release. All right, all right. Well, um, hopefully, uh, with, with all of this, you know, it uh, it picks up the pace. I mean, you've got plenty of money to still make on this at this point because it's it's funded. Oh, yeah. It is officially happening. It's it's going to be a thing. So, hopefully, the financial situation isn't. Um, a catalyst for any uh, any delays from here on. But, I mean, in the meantime, it's kind of smart that you put out the 35 pages because you give us plenty of read, or plenty, yeah, plenty to read in the meantime while we wait, so. Um, now, if, uh, let me see here. Uh, do you... Uh, do you always plan on doing the, uh, the, the crowdsourcing thing, or is this something to where, you know, if... I don't know, one of the Andes came along and said, well, here's a check. Uh, we want this. Well, can we have it? Is, I mean, what's what? I mean, it's kind of an on-the-spot question, but is this something that you would allow to be picked up? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I would like to get a point, to a point where, you know, I could get self-funding just on orders alone and all that stuff. But I think for now, I'll definitely have to stick with crowdfunding. But if something like Image wanted to sign on both, ungodly champion and beast king then as long as i got the maintain creative freedom and all that i think i'd probably definitely have to consider taking that offer yeah well i mean if anything uh just to get rid of that financial burden you know that that that, you know that crowdsourcing type of um i i I mean it's it's stressful let's let's put it that way oh (laughs) yeah stress of crowdsourcing Uh, i would like to definitely get to where i can crowdfund and hit like the ten thousand dollar mark and stuff like that yeah well i mean it's it's just a matter of time i mean you're early into this so i mean just shoot i I, if anything i'd say issue two of this you could probably set a goal twice as high and it'll i don't see it not hitting probably what a a weekend and you you do something uh different uh with with yours you do a 21 day campaign why do you choose to do a 21 day campaign instead of 30 so the issue with doing longer campaigns is in the middle of it there's this thing called a dead zone which is basically where you hardly get any backers unless you're like some big name and you could you could go like two or three days without getting a single backer and so when you do a shorter campaign you significantly cut down that dead zone and i even know a guy that does like 14 to 16 day campaigns so that way there's like no dead zone at all and it's just like you know hopefully backers wow. every day and a plus side is it kind of shows the fans like 
we we have no reason to do a 30-day campaign because we don't want to run into any delays. We want to get these printed as soon as possible and get them to you. Nice. I dig it, man. I dig it. And with this, the book's already done, so there's there's nothing to be delayed at this point. It's Oh, yeah, just know, straight to the cold. printer once we get the money. Awesome, man. Awesome. So uh, what do you uh, – let, let's just say that someone missed out on the Kickstarter. Would this still be available in some way, shape, or form for them to, to, to read it? Yeah, I mean, like right now I kind of have a like an Etsy page. I would like to eventually get back to having a website. But, you know, when I had the financial issues, it was just having a website was kind of just an extra thing taking my it's money. It's pricey. Yep, it's pricey. But I'm hoping maybe in the next – couple months or so I can get back to having a website but like I said as of right now I just have an Etsy account that I sell the books on which, right on which okay, crimsongatecomics.com alright well that's good to know crimsongatecomics.com I actually have it pulled up here <laughs> uh, so alright to, to, to wrap up on Godly Champion uh, what what is the ultimate feeling that you want your readers to experience when they pick up this book just to kind of give them an idea of what what maybe to expect let's see so i I try to make this main character about you know a person who has a genuinely good heart but obviously has confidence issues and all that you know some like a character that a lot of people probably feel like they could relate to in a sense but you know the general idea behind it is that you know holding in anger and just negative feelings in general instead of dealing with them can have negative consequences, which I'm sure you can tell by the end of the book. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So the general yeah, lesson was, is uh... to, to deal with these things instead of re- like repressing them because it can have negative okay. consequences. I like that. I like that quite a bit. I know there is definitely some, uh, I mean, without going into any spoiler details at all, the specific, the instance that you're talking about and any time that those two characters would interact, I, uh, it definitely struck a note with me. That's for sure. So you, you made it relatable and, uh, in, in a harshly good way too, you know, you just kind of rip the bandaid off and, you know, you, you're going to have to deal with this type of situation. I, I, I dig it, man. It's, it's got... Like, the tone in here is, uh, it's got all the levels that you want, you know? It starts out really lighthearted, and, oh, you know, maybe he likes a girl, and that's, or whatever, and then, boom, you're thrown into Mortal Kombat Universe, where, you, you know, you're battling a wind dude, and, <laughs> I mean, it's, so you, you get the, the sense of excitement and action, and then you get that thing at the end where you just kind of say holy shit (laughs) this is uh this is real this is so much more than you know some whatever and i i I like what you did i almost i don't know if you're familiar with middle west did you read middle west at all scotty young and jorge corona they did a book from image i don't think i've read that one yet well, I got I got a lot of Middle West out of it, and I mean that in a good way, uh, because Middle West is gonna win Eisner's and Ringo's. <laughs> it was just, uh, and it, it's it's the uh, relationship between those two characters that I'm tiptoeing around. It, it, it's just it's raw, but at the same time, you know, it's I mean, you you have to deal with it, and you have to. Uh, oh, man, I I really don't want to spoil anything, and it's if anything. I hope the the listeners have all the more reason now just to figure out what the hell I'm talking about to go back it so they could read it for themselves. But and also, like something I'll go ahead and tell you is a uh, 
if you were wondering by the ending, when he gets the powers, what it does is it brings those feelings literally to life. Uh, oh, man. See, that mm, <laughs> that speaks volumes right there. I really, really hope that the uh, second issue of this comes out soon. I know I'm already, the first issue's not even out yet. I'm like, I need the second issue. So you, you did it. I mean, that's to me, that's a successful book, making me want more. Well, thank you. That's that's what I always want to hear. <laughs> right on, man. Right on. So we've we've talked about Ungodly Champion, and we've talked about you know the, the, you getting into comics and how you find your people to help you make the comics. But now we gotta. I, I like to do things with creators when I you know do these creator corner sessions, and I gotta ask the dumb questions that you're gonna get asked a million times at the panels. <laughs> at the same time, I think they're kind of important questions too, because it kind of lets us know, you know what, where your head's at in the, the the comic book industry. And I know a couple of them, you, or maybe one of them, you uh, you you might have slightly answered already. But uh, I I gotta ask. Uh, well, we'll start with that one. Who's the best hero in all of comics? Uh, I don't know if I really think there is a best one, but uh, okay. one thing I've always even though I'm more of a Marvel fan, I've always been fond of the Martian Manhunter, especially in the Justice League cartoon. He was always my favorite. All right. Well, see, that's a that's a first time answer for sure. That's a that's an interesting answer. Yeah, he, he was always like my, my favorite character from the DC universe. I, that's awesome. See, that's a, see one. I know it seems like a dumb question. Oh, who's your favorite superhero? <laughs> but I mean, look look what we. Uh, I'm intrigued by that because I've never, and because of that, it probably explains why I'm intrigued by this by this comic. So I don't know. These are the reasons why I ask these quote unquote dumb questions that you're gonna get asked. That tells me a lot. Now I gotta dive into Martian Manhunter just a little bit more. Um, so who's the uh, who's the best villain in comics? Who's the best shithead? Uh, let's see, the best villain. I mean, obviously, a lot of people say it's the Joker for obvious reasons because he's basically a psychopath that goes and literally tortures people for absolutely no reason other than his own entertainment. And personally, I think yeah. the best villains are the ones that are just evil for the sake of being evil, just because they can. But mm-hmm. I'd say he's definitely in top three. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's it's hard to disagree with that. And it is definitely, um, I mean, that's an answer that comes up quite often, but for good reason. For good reason, because it's kind of an obvious answer. I was always a fan of Juggernaut, too. Juggernaut, that's a good one. Uh, I think he's super underrated. He is. I think he, he's, a, he's a deep character. Let's see. Who else? I know a lot of people are really fond of Doctor Doom. That's another one that's I think is in everybody's top three. Joker and... Doctor Doom are really, I mean, they they interchange between number one, two, and three. I, as far as the third goes, I don't mean that that one just kind of floats, but those those two, I mean, it's, they're solid characters. They're solid bad guys for sure. Oh yeah, and it seems like I don't I don't want to say like a lot of people struggle with this, but it I don't really know why, but it seems like coming up with a good bad guy. Yeah, I don't know. It's it, it, it's a it's so rare that uh, a villain that's introduced these days just—I mean, it—it it strikes home. That's why I think that's why everybody's so into Noel and all the stuff that Donny Cates is creating with the Black Winter and all that. Because it's been a while since we've had 
you know, a, a villain that we feel that's actually going to stick around and mean something. Oh, yeah, so, definitely. Uh, villains are tough. Villains are damn hard. Uh, what was the last comic that you read? Oh, I, uh, lately I just read a lot of indie comics, to be honest. I kind of okay. deviated away from the mainstream stuff. But uh, right on. the most recent one, which I got recently, is I think Return to Sender, which is about a basically a cowboy that uh, he, I think he kind of hunts supernatural beings and stuff like that, and it's based in like a Western period. So that's pretty neat. All right, right on. So I'll have to return to sender? Yeah. All right, cool. I've got that written down here. Um, all right, and uh, lastly, just because, who's the best Mortal Kombat character? Well, Scorpion, obviously. <laughs> yeah, with no hesitation. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Man, Shane Morrison, this has been fun, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear that the book is funded. I'm I can't wait to have it in my hands. Uh, what's the projected shipment or shipping date on this? I believe I set it for December, as long as there, you know, as long as I don't run into you know, like into any kind of crazy delays for any reason. Gotcha. Yeah, because we all know that um, shipping right now is a huge question mark. <laughs> with with, every, with yeah, we're not gonna get into any of that. But oh yeah, and I have a pretty reliable printer, so awesome. That's good to know. That's good to know. We should be confident in backing these books, listeners. Uh, <laughs> Kickstarter. I will have all of the links and everything you need to know in the description of the podcast. So, uh, yeah, I, I can't recommend this book enough. Shane, thanks so much for taking the time. I know, see, you're you're a hero in yourself. You're you're an EMT, and I, I guess I failed to mention that. You, you said beforehand that you just got done working a 36-hour shift. Yeah, and believe and it or not, I worked another one probably two days before that. I believe it. I believe it. Um, I, who uh, it was uh, Drew Zucker, the illustrator for Canto. He's also an EMT. He's out in New York, and he he took time to 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 come on the show right in the middle of all the corona bullshit. So oh wow, uh, well he's out in New York. So I mean I'm telling you, you you guys you're <laughs> you you, you want to create comics, and I think it's because you are yourselves. You know you, you have that that hero's heart. So I I applaud you, man. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. I appreciate everything you do inside and outside of comics and. Uh, uh, Shane, I wish you the best, man. I can't wait to talk more. Hopefully, we, you know, maybe we, uh, we talk about Beast King when that, when that next issue comes out. You just hit me up, man. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I definitely had fun doing this. Sweet. Well, uh, go get some rest because we, we need you. We need you fresh. We need you working on issue two. So, huh? <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, it's been my pleasure, and uh, you stay safe out there, Shane. All right, I appreciate that. Ah, uh, cheers, sir. All right, bye. In a world of utter randomness, one podcast stood out from the bunch, and it was The Amazing World of Talking Shiz. <coughs> Sorry, I had to clear my throat there. Um, yeah, it's just mainly randomness. And focus is it's definitely not being not focused on at all. No. <laughs> uh, our podcast is definitely um, no theme at all it's literally random and talk about literally everything and throwing in random jokes at any given time we're on spotify apple and google podcasts so go ahead tune in new episodes weekly and we're international international very very well so tune in follow us on twitter see you there
Well, there you have it, Slurge. Another creator has been cornered. Another episode in the books. Episode 233 featuring Shane Morrison. I urge you, I do, I urge you, to head over to Kickstarter. I got all the links in the descriptions that you're ever going to need. Uh, follow Shane Morrison, like all of his stuff, follow his social media, and get on this damn Kickstarter. This is this is fun. It's unique. I dig it. You know, it's a, it's a mesh of a bunch of stuff that we love all coming together and creating its own little unique universe. So, Shane Morrison has been the man. Uh, now, I gotta tell you where to get your comics, guys. I gotta tell you. Where to get your comics. I know it's fucking weird out there still, depending on where you're at. So, if you don't like going out, then Hooked On Comics has your booties covered. Hooked On Comics, man. Tuesdays and Saturdays are their main big boy shows. Tuesdays, it's their new book pre-sale show. You're always going to find me in there. Uh, if you don't find me in there, um, probably I've been hit by a car or called a doctor or something, man, because something's wrong. <laughs> Uh, Tuesdays at 5 o'clock Eastern Time, you find them on Hooked on Comics or their Facebook page. You know, like that, and you're in. You like the, the Cheers to Comics Facebook group, or if you're in that, you're probably going to be seeing Hooked on Comics getting shared out. But the main spot to check them out is nsclivetv.com because they have all of the great auction action. That's just where to go, and Hooked on Comics shines. So... Uh, once again, Tuesdays and Saturdays at 5 and 7 Eastern Time uh, for all of the, the, the greatest comic book consumption you could ever really devour. Uh, it's a collector's paradise, man. Not to mention, they put on a pretty entertaining show, too. It's uh, <laughs> there's uh, I've, I've yet to come across a show where the, the, they're not yelling at each other. And we all love reality TV, right? This is live reality TV. So Hooked On Comics is the brand, nsclivetv.com. They brought me, they brought them to me, let's put it that way, to bring to you. So check out nsclivetv.com as well. Now, uh, that's it, man. The podcast is over. You gotta, you know, follow me on, or not follow me on Patreon. Donate on Patreon. Become a true patron. Let me know how you feel about this with your money. And then uh, with your ratings. After you're done donating, rate me. Rate me on Apple and uh, uh, Podchaser and anywhere you can leave any type of feedback. It is uh, greatly appreciated. And it's not just appreciated because of, you know, the sake of my ego. It actually does genuinely help out the uh, growth of this show. So if you like it, prove it. Mm, that's it, y'all. That's it. It's been episode 233. I have to urge you, as always, to stay safe out there. Read responsibly. Cheers, fuckers. Hi, you're listening to Cheers to Comics podcast. This is Mark Russell, and you're listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast. Hey, everyone. I'm Monty Michael Moore, and this is the Cheers to Comics podcast with Brian Wayne. This is Drew Zucker. You're listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast.